Hi, I'm Lou Dean. Welcome to the Renaissance. Welcome to the Renaissance Life, a podcast dedicated to excellence, mastery, and a life of meaning and worth. I am your podcaster in crime, Josh Wagner. Are you seeking more creativity in your life? Are you seeking more passion, pursuit? Are you trying to become your best self at whatever that means to you? Then this is the show for you. Today is a conversation with Ludine Pierre. She is a mental health therapist as well as a myriad of other things. Definitely a renaissance woman unto herself. Um, she's also an excellent, excellent conversationalist. As you can tell as you listen to this episode, I sound like a boob compared to the way she can speak eloquently. <laughs> uh, but that's good. It's, it just means that I need more practice. Um, but I had a great time talking to Ludine, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know your thoughts uh, on the blog, on Instagram at renaissance.life. And if you have the time, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. That would mean the world to me. Thank you and enjoy this episode with Ludine. Hey, Ludine. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we started, you were talking about uh, Renaissance stuff. What? Yes. You want to like go ahead and just sure. jump into that? Yeah. Um, no, that's been on my mind for a while now, just thinking about being interested or, or having a lot of interests and passions and pursuing those, but not really having like one set. Yeah. Uh, one activity. of the questions that I typically start off with mm -hmm. is like, if you're at a place that where people don't know you and you have to, you get that infamous question. So what do you do? Yes. You know, what, what do you say? And I'm, I, it sounds like you're kind of in the same boat as I am and like, uh, mm -hmm. um, so what typically do you say? Well, I will say this, um, because I have been working as a mental health therapist for a while, I just kind of say that. Okay. Um, and that's what I'm currently doing now part time. Um, and that kind of helps alleviate any discomfort in really trying to describe, well, yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm also pursuing maybe <laughs> this, this, and this. Because it's true. I am a mental health therapist. I enjoy what I do, and I have other interests. So I just lead with that if I'm asked. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you lead with what you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, do you eventually go into certain things depending on who you're talking to? Or Yeah, I would say depending on who I'm talking to. I, have, I walk into a room typically and try to pick up on, you know, what's the vibe. Yeah. And sometimes I don't overshare and sometimes I do. It just depends. <laughs> so if people are like, oh, tell me more about that. How long have you been doing it? Then I'll go in depth, you know, with that. Um, and some people will ask like, but I saw you do this or you, right. you sing or you act or you whatever. So wh how does that fit? And then we can get into like, um, you know, what I feel about those things interesting okay mm -hmm. i definitely want to go into the singing and acting sure. thing i noticed uh the other day on i think it's on facebook you posted something about improv yes yeah it was that is that a recent thing no or? so funny story in college i was roped in by a friend um who actually started an improv team 
um, at oh, our university. Nice. Where did you go, by the way? Southern Adventist University. Oh, okay. I've actually mm-hmm. taken a couple of classes there. Really? I took animation and drawing one, nice. I think. Nice. It's a cool this? school. Uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Just for funsies. Sure. You yeah, know. you probably, one of my friends is a professor in the department. Oh, mm-hmm. who is it? Nick Lovanos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> Nick and I were on an improv team together. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. Um, and so our friend Zach kind of um, took the reins and led this team and kind of was like, you need to do this. You're hilarious, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, like I'm only funny to my friends. And it's right. like situational funny, you know. It's <laughs> that's, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like day-to-day life, I can make fun of things. And, you know, <laughs> he's like, you need to do this. So – that turned into, yeah, I'll try it to being on an improv team for five years. Wow. Yeah. And then when everybody graduated, yeah, because we were super seniors. And so when everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. I was a super senior too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when everybody kind of moved away and, you know, traveled or got married, obviously that ended, you know, it was a college thing. Mm-hmm. And then recently about maybe a year ago, um, one of one of my former uh, improv mates, they reached out and they were like, I'm thinking about doing this again. Everybody's basically going to be in Chattanooga again. So are you interested? And I was like, sure. (laughs) 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 And I say that with apprehension just because like at the time I was like very much committed to I'm a therapist and this is the stuff that I'm going to do. And also trying to figure out how does this work if I'm a therapist and then maybe I see clients or they see me in this different light. Anyway, it's a whole other dialogue that I have with myself about being therapist self and then also having these other interests. Yeah. I think, uh, I think about that sometimes with uh, teaching like teachers, how Mm -hmm. if their students see them outside of the class, like there's like that awkward thing of like, it's similar. What are you doing? Improving, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Uh, Improv is something, one of those things that I, I want, I definitely want to try to do. It, it terrifies me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't, were you scared at the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember my first show, I was shaking like a leaf. Yeah. I, I pretty much blacked out. I don't even remember <laughs> what I said, what I did. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how I was the first time I spoke. Mm. Just don't remember it. It's zero memory. Yeah. Just blacked out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, did you practice before that first show? Or was yes. there... Okay. Yes. We had many, many practices. And we would... We started out with high school students because <laughs> they're easy to please <laughs> for the most part. They, they might, you know, say, oh, that was lame, but it doesn't hurt as much, I feel like. You know, just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, so we started out doing high school stuff, and then we did college campus, like, every okay. week. Oh, okay, every week. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what's what is that, what's that process like? Consider m- that I know zero things about it except it's, like, kind of, like, off the cuff, mm-hmm. you know, thinking on your feet style sure. of comedy. Sure. So I guess with practice, like you said, it's improv. So the day of the show, you really don't know in what direction you're going to go. The purpose of practice is to get used to playing the games. Sure. So you have an understanding of the sequence of the game, the different characters or elements to a game. There is a science to improv, but it's not that particular in my opinion. It's like kind of like a general framework and then the audience kind of helps you fill in the rest okay the i got gotcha. you show yeah who was your teacher back in the day in college when you first started for improv or was there someone that was guiding you uh, oh. guiding you guys or were you just kind of 
going I mean, at it. Really, we were just kind of going really? at okay. it off the cuff. I mean, the leader, I would say, Zach, he definitely knew a whole lot more. And so in terms of structure, he was able to bring that. Um, for me, I was just going in green. Like oh, nice. I had seen like whose line is it anyway a few times. As one does, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I really learned everything at the time just from being in the group. None of us were like super professionals. It was for fun. We were making fun of ourselves and making fun of classmates and it was just fun. What what was your like proudest moment of that? Do you remember? Or oh. maybe your like worst, most embarrassing thing? Yeah, those come more naturally to my memory. Um, embarrassing, I think and again, my memory's not that good, but it always stings when the timing of your joke falls flat or maybe it made sense in your mind and it was hilarious and then it does not translate well. It is the worst for <laughs> to put that out there and it's just like literal crickets. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, where do I go from here? And for me at that point, yeah, everything just shuts down. I just, I get really warm and then like I'm blacking out <laughs> and then somebody has to come in and rescue me. What kept you going past that? I mean, mm -hmm. that's definitely one of those like failure states that most people would like, okay, stepping away from this. Yeah. See ya. I'm done with this. Uh, thanks. Thanks guys. Mm -hmm. That was fun. I uh, think one of the things um, that really helped was that one, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. That's key, I think. Yes. And that helped just in terms of having a relaxed environment and having, I would say for the most part, everyone was pretty honest about, I mean, they weren't like, oh, that sucked, but yeah. at least they were like, yeah, well, okay, so this is where your strengths were. These are where your weaknesses were. So okay. looking at it from that perspective, it kind of helped soften the blow of like, oh man, that really was bad. That, was <laughs> that did not fly. You had that kind of camaraderie. Those are moments of after it's all said and done, you can just kind of laugh about mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. I imagine. Yeah. And that's another thing too. I think it helped me because I am, I can... I have no problem stating this. I'm pretty sensitive. I'm a sensitive individual. And so it helped me actually grow thicker skin because I had to sit in discomfort for the majority of my time on the team. I am all about uh, discomfort. Uh, I like to say discomfort zone mm -hmm. instead of comfort zone. Um, that's one of the things I'm going to try to focus on this coming year. Nice. My birthday is on Tuesday. Oh, um, happy birthday. Thanks. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, I like to do not resolutions but those kind of things mm -hmm. starting my birthday not in the the new year so i've been oh. thinking about a lot of this stuff like how can i challenge myself nice. and improv is definitely on that list um uh, yeah i think because i'm scared of it i kind of have to do it yeah. now yeah 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 i can relate to that for <laughs> sure yeah my i don't do resolutions either but every year i come up with a new word for the year oh what's so okay. my year f my word for this year was yes and so the logic behind that is basically things that scare me or things that um, I would probably do behind closed doors just out of not wanting to, like, be rejected. Right. Just going to say yes. Things that I've never done before, just say yes. Things that I maybe had a question about, just say yes. Because the longer I pause or that's kind of my nature is to overthink things or to be sure. try to be calculated in, in yeah. some way. Threw that out the door this year, so... That's wonderful. Uh, so how, where has that gotten you this year? Oh, 
romantic. <laughs> yeah, so random that's, that's road trips and spending time with people I wouldn't normally spend time with. Um, went on a trip to Iceland that I had been like. What? Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I went for my birthday, th- my 30th birthday this year. So that was like big. And I've always been a really big dreamer. But the follow through has been difficult. Mm-hmm. So for me this year with the word yes, that was kind of like, okay, if you think it, you do it. If you dream it, you do it. Where where has that been hard? Because um, I have, uh, I think I've fallen into that this year saying yes more to opportunities. Because mm-hmm. uh, l- last year, my entire year was my entire world was saying no, essentially. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. So mm-hmm. I just kind of fell into that totally. uh, too of like saying, kind of saying yes to everything that comes my way mm-hmm. and it's lead me to some really cool places. But where, where has that been hard for you? Well, because there's only so much you can do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously finances play into some barriers. Sure. Um, and also wanting to be practical, wanting to be smart and safe, you know? Like sure. <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, so that I would say, and also wanting to do things the right way. I think that's been the biggest challenge mentally is, well, I can't do this until I have this, this, and this in place. Uh, I think that's yeah. been the biggest barrier. I'm bad about that mm-hmm. myself. Because I'm thinking the result needs to be a beautiful result, and it and it needs to be nice and neat and tied into a nice little package. And a lot of times some of the great ideas or like great people of our time and art and music and whatever they just did it starting out and yeah. fumbled through and I think I'm scared of the fumbling through so I've shied away I think from some things because of that there's a great book that I read recently by John Acuff called finish um, it's basically that and he labels all of that by the word perfection mm-hmm. like different shades of being perfectionist oh yeah and how that prevents you from doing what you ultimately want is not only to start, but to actually finish things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a definitely a good book. So let me, uh, let me backtrack sure. a little bit. So, um, how was, how was your life growing up? Uh, what did you learn from your parents? What did you not learn from your parents sure. or siblings? Do you have siblings? I do. I'm the oldest. There's three of us. Okay. I have a sister, um, and I have a younger brother. Um, yeah. Growing up, man, that's. <laughs> do you it's want very the broad. Long? Yeah, do yeah, you want the long sure. or the short? Let's do it. I'll try to keep it brief. There's so many elements. Um, it's interesting because at one point I really wanted to study just like what subcultures or how they impact us growing up as adults. You know, because they're, for me, growing up, my parents are Haitian. I'm okay. Haitian American. And then we lived up north for a time and then moved to Florida. And so there are just a lot of changes there, (laughs) you know, with them and with us growing up. Um, But just to kind of give like a brief background, um, very religious home. um, Okay. Yeah, a lot of, and it wasn't bad, but, you know, them coming from the Caribbean, there was kind of like this expectation of like, you know, we want doctors and lawyers and blah, blah, blah. Sure, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And you're kind of like, yeah, but I like to make people laugh, you know, kind (laughs) of thing. Um, so there's that challenge. Um, so growing up in terms of being allowed or, um, that creative uh, outlet available to us, I would say 
it was available, but in a different way than maybe wh- how I'm practicing it today. So, for example, I grew up with a lot of music in the home, um, oh, especially classical music. My okay. parents loved that, so they would take us to, to you know, symphonies, and that was like family like special outings, you know, we're going okay. to <laughs> I, I love symphonies, yeah. but that definitely goes along with the doctor lawyer sure. kind of mentality. <laughs> sure. Which is funny. Cause my dad is, he, um, got his degree in social work, but is uh, a pastor and my mom is a nurse. So anyway, so that's, that's just to tell you a little bit about their, you know, occupations. Um, but yeah, so a lot of plays. We went to Broadway shows. That's great. Um, yeah, which I loved. Um, but then there was this, like, this is the stuff that you enjoy, but it's not going to make you a living. So I remember from an early age being fascinated with singing and dancing on stage and Broadway and theater yeah. and comedy and all. Of that. I loved it all. Um, but that wasn't really cultivated in our home. That I see. Interest, yeah. So that's what you and that's what someone can enjoy but not someone can do mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. at least low-key that's kind of what you're right feeling okay right right what what uh what lessons did you learn from your parents oh man uh hard work and my dad used to always say this there's no free lunch in america <laughs> <You'd> <laughs> always say that. i'd be like you're such a weird dad like why are you saying that um but now i get it you know basically just working working mm-hmm. hard um and so that's something i've definitely taken with me here now as a adult or trying to adult anyway i think that's a that's a good lesson i think it cr- it applies across the board mm-hmm. what about being the oldest sibling yeah cuz i'm i'm in the same boat i have two younger sisters yeah, so yeah that's right yeah. yeah um which they are super cute by the way <laughs> thanks right um Yes. So being the oldest felt some pressure um, to perform, to do really well. But what was interesting is I did not excel academically growing up. My sister did. And at the time she was the youngest until my brother came along. So she was the one that did well academically, whereas I did better like socially and like extracurricular activities that kind of thing sure so um so in that sense they were just like well we don't know what's gonna happen with ludin because <laughs> we don't understand her <laughs> grades <laughs> right now kind of thing um but then things got better in grad school when i could kind of hone in on what i wanted to do so how did you how did you go from florida to southern yeah so good question i was gonna be a nurse Okay. So Southern um, is a huge mm-hmm. nursing school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I had every intention. My goal was to uh, initially be a travel nurse, and then once I settled down, be a nurse practitioner. Um, what do travel nurses do? I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of that. So, from my understanding, as a travel nurse, you can have travel assignments that last for a certain period of time, and depending on what agency you work for, they can send you. They can say, "We want you. You can be in Hawaii for six months, and now you'll be in oh, Alaska for two cool. months." And yeah, you can be in Florida for three months or six months or a year or whatever. So you just change hospitals. Makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's how you got into Southern. Yes. Um, so every intention of becoming a nurse yes. while you were there, yeah. when did that shift change? Yeah. Because, I mean, it was underlying, like, mm-hmm. wanting more creativity mm-hmm. in what you do. Yeah. I sounds mean, like. definitely. I, I continued to be involved in music and um, being on stage in college, but what really drew me away from nursing 
was when I took a psychology course, it was a uh, requirement for our nursing prerequisites. And I took the psychology course, and I think, you know, being in your 20s, there's a lot of angst, and you're trying to figure out who you are, and here's this sure. class that's <laughs> like, you're like, I can identify with a lot of this, or I know people in my life that can identify, and it just really intrigued me. Um, and I think it matches my personality anyway, just being an empath and caring oh, for yeah, others. Yeah. So psychology is fascinating yeah yeah, yeah i've actually never taken a college psychology course mm-hmm. but i've studied mm-hmm. lots of i read a lot of books oh. way, too ma- way too many books but yeah nice um that's okay that's interesting so yeah. that kind of was like a mind yes. opening experience yeah okay yeah and then from then i was i think it was my junior year of college i was like i'm gonna switch my major what did your parents think? Oh, well, <laughs> if you could have been a fly on the wall for that one. Um, yeah, I think my dad was more, he was open to it, having, you know, studied That's social great. work and that being kind of like a similar in a way field. Um, and yeah. So he was like, yeah, is if that's what you want. Sure. But I think my mom was really wanting me to stick to the medical field in any capacity. So. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's its own medical field it in is. a way absolutely you know? absolutely I agree. I agree so you to sidebar real quick when did you when did you start getting into music like when did you start playing did you start with singing oh no i started with the violin oh um, awesome yeah when i was four actually wow okay mm-hmm. that's great yeah and did you like it back then i did not <laughs> <laughs> mostly because of how regimented it was sure and, sure um and i think you know it's It's nice to be talking this through here because this is stuff that I haven't talked about in a really long time, but I'm like making connections (laughs) as we're talking just about my creative process over time. Um, I love that. That's yeah. yeah. So it was like the music I loved. I loved violins. I loved strings. I was in orchestra from um, eighth grade to my senior year of high school. Um, Yeah. So I... I didn't like how regimented it was. And I think that had to do with my own personality and not having a grasp on how I like to learn. Yeah. So I think that was difficult for me to have like, where are you going to practice this for an hour? And I'm sure. like, I can't even <laughs> concentrate for a minute and a half, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think a lot of the times people forget to tell you why. They forget to tell you why you should practice for an hour or like why... Mm-hmm. It will help you in the yes. long run. Yes. Not that a four-year-old or a ten-year-old or whoever would actually know, right. like under maybe comprehend that. Maybe you would, um, but yeah. I think that's definitely not doesn't exist usually. I like agree. Practice these scales for yeah. two hours. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it would have been nice to have someone sit down and be like, so do you like the violin? And for me to say it, yes, I do. Okay. Well, what do you like about it? And kind of work through yeah. to build a relationship between the hard work that's being done and what my little brain wants in the future. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's a very empathetic, non-analytical way, but mm-hmm. it, it works, mm-hmm. right? Cause you know, mm-hmm. we're all human, yeah. right? Um, and you need to be connected to something or feel connected to something. Yeah. Th- what's the purpose behind learning it? Exactly. Um, I started learning uh, guitar. My grandfather played. I, it was always, or he lived in Knoxville. Oh. Um, but, uh, so it was always around, right? But what really got me into guitar was my friend, Jake. Um, he was like insane at it. <laughs> but I didn't really learn 
start off learning chords or scales or something it's i just kind of mess around mm -hmm. right um but violin seems like the kind of instrument that's it's kind of hard to just mess around with mm -hmm. i don't know if that's true i think it's true i think it seems yeah. very like structured uh read this notation mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of mentality right and so that was often difficult because i actually couldn't read music for a long time. <laughs> That's a hindrance. Even though I was, I mean, I was, I was in lessons and yeah. we would practice, but, and that's something too that I think I would want to incorporate into working, you know, uh, doing therapy or helping people in that way is really understanding your personality type and how you learn um, and how you process a lot of different things. You know, emotion is a big one. Sure. Um, experiences, how are you process processing that? What does that look like physically in your body? Because I think at the time I was just feeling so much shame that I couldn't read these notes, you know. But yeah. really, later, years later in grad school, I finally got tested and found out I have math dyslexia. That's a thing. And so I don't process numbers i feel everything so for oh. me my experience with learning how to play the violin was through feeling completely feeling different beat. than mm -hmm. notation okay mm -hmm. i've never heard of math dyslexia i know me neither until yeah they were like so this is what you have <laughs> it's anxiety induced <laughs> yeah thanks mm -hmm. interesting so uh what's the definition of that just you can't it, reading numbers is difficult essentially mm -hmm. reading numbers or like for example man i'm really putting myself out there um like i couldn't read an analog <laughs> clock for until like eighth grade because the anxiety you get so flooded your brain doesn't it stops processing the information yeah did you did you know at the time that you couldn't no, I just thought... It, or you just thought that that's how everyone was? No, I just thought that something was wrong with me. Oh, okay. I just, I was like, I, I'm i not seeing what you guys are seeing when you say it's 3.30 or 2.45 or whatever. I just couldn't right. see it. So I couldn't see it in my mind. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I kind of had a, not, not exactly the same experience, but a similar experience with uh, eyes. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wear glasses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um... Couldn't read the board yeah. or everything was blurry, yeah. you know, and I just thought that was just the way yeah. it worked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I got glasses, everything was in HD. Uh, <laughs> I can actually see things. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can read the board. Yeah. So everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned learning. How did you discover your uh, own methods of learning that work really well for you? Oh, man. It's and what, I what are those methods? Yeah, it's been a really long road. Honestly, I think I finally got the hang of it at the end of grad school, <laughs> which wasn't helpful. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I definitely find that taking my time, not being in a rushed environment is really important because I, um, like I said, it's easy to get flooded, you know, especially with the pressure of, like, I want to get this right and I want to do it well. Um, understanding things for me and comprehension. Um, sometimes it takes a little while, so I need to like let it see. It's like it goes through my ears, but then it needs to marinate <laughs> a little bit and then kind of work its way in my body somehow, and then I can translate it. But I think it's it's really from being su such a feeling person. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had to actually work on building up skills because the world doesn't the world doesn't wait for you to figure stuff out. You know, you just kind of have to jump right. in. Right. So I would say right now 
if I can, allowing myself for some time or asking for time, um, and really getting over the shame of asking again and again and again. Like repetition is really helpful for me, but I also have to do. So someone telling me, I'm just going to look at you like, that was cute. Okay, nothing's going to happen. So <laughs> we have to talk about it. I have to do it while we're talking about it. And then we have to do it a couple times. So, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great applications for somebody who also has has trouble learning things. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other advice for anyone that's c- just can't quite learn what they want to learn, even though they really want to yes. learn? Yeah, absolutely. Learning is for everybody. And I think... Agreed. Um, it's about... For me, it was about removing the shame so that I could be more open to being creative in my quest to find what works for me Mm. to help me learn. So I think once you can get past the anxiety and that comes with feeling it and being embarrassed or feeling down for a little while, but then having like, there's so much at our fingertips, Google, you know, different ways to learn something, you know, read things if you can, or like ask people or watch um, people so that you can kind of get used to it. I know for me, watching people is also helpful okay this is how they did it this is how it worked and sometimes it may not work for me but at least i can see like i have a framework and then i can tweak it and do it that's good to fit what i do or what i want to do that's really good i like that i'm gonna have to think about that um what what would separate someone what or what does separate someone who is in school uh whether that's high school middle school college whatever um they're in the front of the class. They're always raising their hands versus someone who is in like back row, never raising their hands. What's, what's that gap? Any ideas? You know, because I, I agree with you that everyone should not, not should, but has the capability of mm-hmm. learning what they want. Cause mm-hmm. that gets them to where they want to go mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone's willing to ask yeah that question that's true that's true so I can only speak from my experience but I used to be a sit in the back person and I think what that was um, was disinterest because I came in thinking I couldn't so what's the point and also the anxiety of being up front and having to be called on sure and already working through my own stuff in terms of like what if I don't know the answer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what if I'm not prepared? What if I say something really dumb? Yeah. So I just didn't want to be seen. I didn't. I wanted to sneak in, keep my head down, get the assignment, and walk out. So I think once in, I think my senior year of college, super senior year of college, and then grad school, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be in the front. <laughs> and that actually really changed because then I didn't have all this distraction of comparison. I wasn't worried about anybody in the back. It felt like it was me. It felt like it was a one-on-one experience. And I was way more focused um, than when I had been hanging out in the back. Versus looking at what everyone else is doing. And, <laughs> and being worried about me yeah. not saying the right thing or doing the right thing. I go in and out of phases d- depending on how my energy is. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of like am I feeling really energetic or not? But so I would do the same thing like, okay, please, please don't call on me. Mm -hmm. Please don't call on me. Mm -hmm. And usually that's the exact kind of emotion to everyone calls on you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like you're asking for it. Yeah. You're definitely asking for it. So that was a huge decision Mm -hmm. from nursing to mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any other big decisions that 
you've made that are like that that have really impacted your life in a positive way yeah i mean in terms of change changing my career maybe not so much i think i'm still in the process of trying to figure out what that would even look like um but it was a big decision to after seven years of working in the mental health field as you know in a full-time capacity to drop down to a part-time capacity because um one that allowed for more time to explore and to really get to know myself outside of this regimented eight to five kind of thing um and it gave me time to explore other options of work you know and so I think right now, because I work part-time at an athletic store, um, and it's been really great to deal with people or to work with people in a different capacity and still keeps me fresh and willing to help people in a more serious way, you know, not feeling burnt out, I guess. Okay, yeah. that's an interesting dynamic. So for me, that yeah. was important mm-hmm. because compassion fatigue is a big deal in the in the helping profession, period. It sure. doesn't matter if you know it's um, counseling or not. Yeah, you got to find those things that refuel you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just spent, exactly. right? Exactly. So tell me about the when you were uh, full time. Like, mm-hmm. how was what was that first experience like? Oh, uh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, I know you probably it. can't get into like details, sure. but yeah. Well, I worked um, for a rehabilitation center okay. for um, people struggling with substance abuse and eating disorders. I kind of, I mean, I roped that in to addiction, all of that. Um, so I guess addiction and I loved it. I really loved empowering women and I, you know, fresh out of grad school, you're like, Oh yeah. Like I get to do this finally. Um, and it was really good maybe for like the first five years. I mean, there are hardships, right? Because working with people, it's gotta be tough. It's tough day in and day out, but I was so pumped, but I think I didn't do well in, um, incorporating my own self care. And so you start to lose steam a little bit. And I think that unfortunately, because of the way our system, uh, is run in terms of like insurance companies and all of that, they're wanting, they're basically treating agencies that provide counseling for various, um, mental health, uh, issues it's kind of like they're wanting a machine. It's like a factory. Like we need this, we need this, we need this. We That's need this. a bit of a bummer. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, it makes sense about business wise, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's yeah. Still it, it's a catch 22 because yeah. at the end of the day, it is a business. Sure. You're working alongside these insurance company that are paying for these people's care. At the same time, I can't say that, in 30 days, this person is going to be able to be functional in the world after they've had an addiction for over 20 years. Right. That's just not, it's like, it's a process. And so I think that got tricky. And then also personal stuff, of course, because I'm a human stuff's going on, you know, in my own life. And so trying to balance all of that and then, um, maybe not doing so well on the self care end added to a little bit of burnout. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've experienced burnout before. It is not fun. Mine was more of a work, same, same work mm-hmm. thing, but I was like uh, at my desk alone working, doing things, um, not really sure direction wise mm-hmm. of what I was, what I was doing uh, in terms of guidance. And it just kind of like, just yeah. kill me. Did you find that it was 
a task to like come back from that or feel like yourself yeah. again. Yeah, I'm yeah. still kind of working, definitely yeah. still working through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I mean, you know, much better now. Um, different, I'm in a different place, but um, it was it was definitely tough. It's kind of a day to day kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't know how about how it was for oh, you, yeah. but yeah. Oh yeah, day to day, definitely, and also just um, it it was difficult to talk about. You know, because I'm helping people. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a helper. Uh-huh. And here I am being like, I don't want to help anymore. You know? Yeah. I, I. That's funny you say that because I, it's different, definitely different. But like I have Renaissance Life uh, blog mm-hmm. and of course this podcast. But I, um, I find it hard to write sometimes in the effort to help people. Uh, but, you know, where I'm facing my own issues Mm uh but i think that like makes my writing stronger Mm -hmm. makes my uh what i do stronger but at the same time it's it's difficult because it's that balance of like can i help somebody if i am not doing Mm -hmm. great myself or Mm -hmm. not so much not doing great but you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like well i think in that case and this is something i used to say and and i still do you know i don't in order to, to get receive help from someone, they don't necessarily have to uh, have it all figured out or have walked, you know, in your shoes to a sure. T. You know, I mean, I don't need my oncologist to have experienced cancer in order to t- treat cancer, you know? Right. So it's like finding this fine line be- between um, the knowledge that I have has given me this, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> in the moment. Um, and I may not have it all figured out, but this is what I know today, and I can share that. That's great. What What were some of the tougher experiences? I imagine uh, some situations I don't think I would know the answer to, you mm-hmm. know, being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Were there any moments where you're like, um, let me get back to you, mm-hmm. or I, I, I don't know. I'm yeah, I mean, I think first... Mm, in some cases people have this idea about uh, going to therapy is someone is telling you how to be someone is telling you what to do and that's not necessarily the case Um, it's more so about shedding light and awareness um, and and working on a plan together to figure out okay you came in here with this what do you want to change and how can I help walk alongside you to help you start making that change right um so for me because people would ask like what should i do you know i would tell them like i'm i'm not you and i'm not gonna sugarcoat you know your situation your situation Mm -hmm. let's work through you know why this is important for me to tell you that because that's part of your process too that's good is that something that you tend to do in your life is ask people to tell you exactly what to do who to be that kind of thing instead of making decisions for yourself right i imagine i haven't actually done therapy i should try it i recommend it to everyone (laughs) yeah just find a good therapist and and shop around. You, it's important to find a good fit. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, good to know. I, I, I imagine that people uh, go in and they, like you said, they expect that. But it's also one of those things that, like, they haven't actually talked about any of this to anyone. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of, like, bottled it up. Sure. Um, so just the act of speaking to someone else mm-hmm. is a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actu- and it helps. Yeah. 
And that's the first step too, is being, because you're, you're really just in that, at that point, taking accountability and just kind of saying, okay, this is where I am. I'm putting it out there. So that's good. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to somebody pursuing creative work? Maybe they just got into singing. Maybe they just got into acting or whatever. I think what I'm learning and still trying to practice is being honest with yourself about how much work you're willing to put in. Because I think we can fall in love with the idea of something or maybe a fleeting moment of an experience and not really understanding like it's not glamorous work. It's not (laughs) smooth sailing. So if you're really committed to learning an instrument or learning a certain skill or painting, it's going to take hours. And I think that has helped me weed out, okay, Ludine, this was really romantic in your head and you thought it would be really great. And also you have no desire to spend 40 hours perfecting this skill. (laughs) You have no, no, you don't want to do it. So I think being real and honest with yourself about how much work you're willing to put in. That's good. I, um, I fall into that in terms of time. Like I, I fall in love with ideas Mm -hmm. and I love naming ideas. Mm -hmm. So I fall in love with the ideas and where it can go. And I'm not scared of the work. I just have already said yes to so many other things that Mm -hmm. it's hard to put Mm -hmm. that time in to Mm -hmm. give it what it needs to cultivate into something more. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who is a musician and we were talking about the commitment. If you think about it, a lot of, um, I mean, music doesn't take a mistress. I think I heard like Jada Pinkett Smith say this in an interview once, like, and that's really stuck with me um, because it's true. Like, I think there are ways for you to balance out different interests, especially creative interests. Um, But I do think that there are a lot of sacrifices along the way. My sister is an artist and and she lives in New York and um, she's shared that with me as well. I have to give 110%. This is this is me. I'm in comp- it's not like a hobby. It can be, but just know that a hobby um, can turn into something else, but it's it also turns into something else when that becomes your main focus. Your pursuit, if it's art or whatever it is that it it uh, doesn't become monotonous, doesn't become oh, this is just another day of me doing this, mm-hmm. another day of me doing this mm-hmm. instead of what you started out do and actually like really loving yeah. drawing or really yeah. loving music. Yeah. And I think there will be moments, you know, you have dips where you're like, I can't even, I don't want to perform and, or I don't want to paint anymore. I don't want to sing or I don't want to do this craft anymore because I think as humans, this is just my theory. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, um, it's easy to start to make spending so much time and not allowing it to be fun and being hard on yourself, it takes the joy away from yeah. what the the creative endeavor was intended to do, which was t- to give you joy to something for you to share at times. <laughs> right. So, And at that point, what's, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Right. What are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, so, um, somebody pursuing creativity. What about somebody going through some c- creative struggles right now? I mean, the the it's a cliche like you know starving artist but mm-hmm. it exists out there mm-hmm. um people want to be successful at what they do but 
like you said, they're going, they might be going through dips Mm -hmm. and, and things that are negative in the moment, but are preventing them from being where they want to be. So any thoughts or guidance? What's something you've struggled with recently? Feeling pressure to complete something great in a certain amount of time. Pressure from yourself or Mm -hmm. from, okay. Yes. Pressure from myself, pressure maybe from comparison um, oh, this person reached this goal. I haven't reached sure. mine yet kind of thing. It has helped to slow down because the whole point of the creative process and just life in general is that it is a process. And so enjoying even when it's really difficult or it hurts or there's no inspiration or maybe it's hard to eat, you know, because <laughs> it's not sustainable at this sure. time. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong. And I was just having this conversation with my sister. Like there's nothing wrong with saying I need a big girl job so that I can eat and then I can come back to this. There is no, there's no shame in that. And I know that some people say, well, no, like just keep pursuing it, keep pursuing it. You also have to know your limits, you know, and be smart. And some people can jump off of the cliff and kind of say a prayer and they're good. Me, no, I will go back and <laughs> do what I have to do, you know, put bread on the table and then make time for. Yeah, I've I've done that. I've jumped off the bridge and tried to make a side business, full time business. And for me, it just did just didn't work. Mm-hmm. I got distracted by the things that weren't weren't happening mm-hmm. or uh, the um, the setbacks of not having enough finances not having mm-hmm. enough whatever to mm-hmm. kind of like sustain yourself mm-hmm. which limits your capacity to like actually do work yeah. and you know reach out and connect and like yeah. do things so i'm in the same boat and kind of i agree with side mm-hmm. things are mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. you know yeah why not have, have like three yeah, yeah three part-time jobs if you want to keep it interesting you know or whatever but if you enjoy those three part exactly things, you right know. right if it's life-giving sure mm-hmm. sure yeah so, uh, so you work at an athletic club and mm-hmm. you do part-time uh, crisis counselor, crisis mm-hmm. counseling, yeah. anything, anything else? Um, not at the moment. Beyond, I was, you know, I was creativity. briefly helping out at a, um, treehouse Airbnb. Oh, um, nice. yeah, but they've expanded. And so they're doing some things differently and I still volunteer there, but, um, yeah. So right now it's just the two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who, who inspires you? Who inspires you and why? Mm. It could be in your in your uh, people you know, people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am inspired, and this is going to sound really funny to the people that know me. Um, I am inspired by the person personality types that are usually E's, because I'm definitely in the I category. Um, that persist relentlessly I mean full throttle okay didn't work out next my recovery time is not like that (laughs) at all so (laughs) I admire those people in my life they know who they are um that definitely fall they qualify as like probably the sevens or you know the ENFJs or whatever um yeah what's that test called again the Enneagram that's thank you thank you Mm -hmm. I've taken I took it a while back a friend just texted me again. I need to retake it because um, I don't remember enough mm-hmm. long-term memory. 
but uh it's it's a cool test it's fun yeah. to see who is in your category yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah so i admire people that are just tenacious and um because of their personality type the way that they're made the hardships while they may get them down it doesn't there it seems anyway to me that their ability to bounce back doesn't take as long um and they just have so much uh they have bright eyes, if you will, in terms of yes. looking at the world. And I think there's like a fire. Yes. In yes. yes. Yeah. And they're just excited mm-hmm. um, to pursue, which has its it has its, you know, cons. I mean, there are pros and cons with everything. But the pros that that's what really sticks out to me. It's, it's very inspiring. Um, and then in terms of like people that I don't know, I really look up to. So Tracy Ellis Ross. <laughs> Um, is the daughter of Diana Ross and she is just unapologetically herself. And I, I really, I mean, there are a lot of people that I admire. So I don't know if I've, I've, uh, heard of her. Um, yeah, she's pretty great. I'm going to have to look her up. So Tracy, Mm -hmm. let me write this down. Yeah. Tracy Ellis Ross. Um, so what's great about her? So what I, what I enjoy about her is how unapologetically herself she is. I mean, she can go from being really serious to not taking herself seriously, but is still a very strong woman, Mm -hmm. you know, who's making an impact in the world. And I can get behind that. I mean, I could give you a list, a ton of, of people that I admire just because what, what draws me is someone who can say like their yeses mean yes. And their no's mean no. That to me is really important. Um, cause that shows that they're not, it's not that they're bulldozing, bulldozing over other people, but that they're willing to speak their truth no matter what. And I think wow. that yeah. is something that stands out to me like a lot. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. What advice would you give to your younger self? <gasps> so many things. Oh yes. Um, I mean, these are things I heard growing up, but I didn't take it in. But I really want to reinforce, like, <laughs> this too shall pass. Or, um, Sure. I think Abraham Lincoln used to say that. Yeah, like, just be yourself. Like, the people that need to be in your life will be. Mm. Just be yourself. That's good. Mm-hmm. And what is one word that your best friend would describe you as? <sighs> I have no idea. Um, let me try and channel somebody here. I would say that they would say I'm caring and I'm funny. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> caring, funny. Yeah. I love it. Um, it uh, do you, did you have any mentors growing up or today? Do you have any mentors? I mean, mentors that know that they're my mentors. <laughs> <laughs> it could be pseudo mentors. Yeah, no. I Sadly, right now, no, I don't have any mentors, which now that we're talking about this. I'm like, I want to change that. Um, growing up I did, but it was different. I feel like they were more like cheerleaders. I had, (laughs) I had a really awesome math teacher in high school, Adam Heck, Mr. Heck man went above and beyond because he knew that I struggled so much with Mm -hmm. numbers. And I was just like, this guy doesn't have to like have after school, like 
tutoring session after the tutoring session because <laughs> I didn't get it during the, the time allotted for the actual <laughs> tutoring session. So just that kindness. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, Dr. Ruth Williams, um, phenomenal professor during my um, psychology days learning that. She was just really inspirational um, and encouraging. Okay. Mm-hmm. How was she encouraging? Man, one, she would call you out on your stuff, which I think everybody needs. You know, yeah. you need someone to do that. Yeah. But like she was the type of person that could like speak the truth and it hurt so bad, but you were never upset because you, you were just like, you know, um, so yeah, definitely her. She just helped me m- push past the shame that I felt about my different learning style. Mm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And she was hard on me but with love and that was good. I needed that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if I've had someone like that. I, I need to try to find somebody like that. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to hit a few bigger yeah. topics and then like some rapid fire and we can sure. wrap up on it. Okay. Um, yeah. So the first one is what is your relationship with health? Do you, um, do you work out? How do you eat? Yeah. Do you meditate? So I will say this. I am not, like a gym rat. It's okay. not my thing. Um, <laughs> everything has been pretty much for me, balance and moderation, kind mm. of feeling out what season of life I'm in and what my body needs at the time. Um, so my activities of choice have been, um, bouldering and yoga. So those are the two things that I kind of go to back and forth. And then I might sprinkle in some like kickboxing class randomly or something like that. Yeah. Um, bouldering and yoga typically go hand in hand, mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not, that's, it's, it's something that is important to me, but I try not to focus on it because I just want it to be, I just want it to exist in my life. I think, it's not another task. It's just right. A, it's it's kind just of a something that I en- exactly. Yeah, I enjoy, enjoy it. I do it. Yeah, you know, it helps me. And I think as someone who has ADD, um, I need to have physical outlets, and so I have to. I just have to. So it might as well be something that I'm really crazy about. So no, you will not find me at the gym seven days a week. <laughs> not my thing at all. But I do want to move my body. I do want to be mindful, um, in, in what I'm putting in my body, but I'm not like, I know this sounds bad in this day and age. Like I'm, but I, I'm not on like the whole, I mean, health is important. What you eat is important, but I think that it can be easy to obsess about food to the point where, well, now I'm not going to eat anything at all. Oh, absolutely. And I just, that's not my thing. If it tastes good, I'm going to eat it basically. And <laughs> I'm, it's going to be in balance. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in moderation. So, so what does that balance look like to you? Making There's sure I get greens and fruits and drink okay. lots of water. And, you know, I mean, I'm not eating red meat every night, but I'm also not shaming myself if I want to have a steak, you know, like, right. um, that's great. Yeah. So, and then there are seasons when I don't want, and I, maybe I want something else. Maybe I just want leafy greens and, mm-hmm. and, um, other vegetables and fruits. And so, yeah, I guess I don't put a lot of weight into that because I think as humans we're evolving and changing and different seasons call for, for a different way of eating and moving and just existing. So I can't say, Oh, this is the regimen or this is what I eat. This is what I'm putting in my body because I don't know. 
today I might have, you know, not eaten any meat, but for whatever reason, tomorrow I have this craving, I'm going to eat meat. Uh, funny enough, that's exactly how Gabrielle is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same awesome. kind of like feeling like, you mm-hmm. know, whatever she feels, uh, at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think it's a good way to live. It is because yeah. our bodies, I mean, they know what to do. What w- I think for me, the way that I look at it is I'm merely listening. My body is telling me this is what you need now. You need to mm-hmm. move more. So that might mean, yeah, I don't like to run, but my body needs that. So I'm going to do that. It might last for like a week, but that's what I needed. And I'm not going to shame myself if I stop running. Yeah, there's I, uh, I need to write about this, but there's definitely a dark side to health, um, shaming, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also health can lead to being so particular about things can lead to being uh, having the opposite effect of being unhealthy. Exactly. Which is kind of where I'm at right now. I was so uh, focused on health that right now I eventually got leaky gut. So that's where Whoa, I'm at. So I'm kind of like a, that mean? It's, it sounds gross and weird, but it just basically means your food uh, leaks through your stomach and into your bloodstream. Oh, wow. So you start getting allergic to things. No So way. I'm allergic to dairy, gluten, eggs, uh, honey, and almonds right now, which wow. is fun stuff. So you could, I'm, you could say I'm a meat vegan. Yeah. Meat vegan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. I had never heard of that before. Yeah. Okay. So can you reverse that though? Yes. Okay. You can. It just, Ooh, good. I've for the past year, I haven't had any of that. Um, so you just kind of have to avoid those things for a long time okay. and take some, you know, zinc and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah. Um, yeah. definitely a dark side to mm-hmm. wanting things too much, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so I think that's a, that's a good, uh, good relationship with health you got there, uh, on relationships. What, what's your dynamic with friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. These are great questions. Um, thank you. Yeah. Dynamic with friends. So this is, so because I went, I've, I don't know. This is hard. Where do I start? (laughs) I have friends from different phases of life. And so my high school friends. Okay, good. My high school friends, because, well, the reason why I say that to begin with is because living in Chattanooga, I have noticed that a lot of people grew up together and kind of being in the same circles. And they kind of, they did the whole kindergarten through college thing and lived here and worked here. And so they, they're all together. That's not the case for me. So Mm -hmm. having lived in Florida and, and spent my high school years there made some pretty good friends and we've all, we went to different colleges. And so I have close friends that don't live where I live. All of that to say that, um, I mean, technology is right. definitely a friend there. Definitely, definitely. So what I'm trying to say is that currently the friends that I have, like people that really know me, like from, they know, they have <laughs> you know, they don't live here with me. And that okay. sometimes can be hard, but also kids and marriage and all that stuff kind of, um, yep. you know, it, it doesn't get in the way, but you know, they have their lives and they're in different mm-hmm. states. But they're still my ride or dies, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, with people that you know in town, mm-hmm. um, how, what's 
how often do you see them? Do you try to make a time? Do you try to make new friends? Do you stick with old friends? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, some of my friends I've met at work, I have some, a really, really, really great friend, um, that I initially met at work when I was working at the rehabilitation center. Okay. And we have stayed friends even outside of work, which is really nice. And so I think nice. honestly, the way work has been an avenue. Um, but if I'm really being honest, I think it's difficult in this season that I'm in now. One being an empath Two, being slightly introverted. I consider myself to be an ambivert. So I think the situation... Ambivert? Yeah. That's being both introverted and extroverted. I haven't heard that word. That's a great word. I just say outgoing introvert, but I love that. I mean, yeah, you can say that outgoing introvert. Um, Yeah, so I just say ambivert, but it's different situations just bring out a different side of me. Mm -hmm. Comfort level also plays into that. Discomfort level plays into that. So I think because I'm an ambivert or because I relate to people situationally it makes it difficult to make and keep friends when you're in a town where these relationships are pretty established although it is a transitional town so we're constantly getting new people sure I just think that I'm not one to like go and be like I'm gonna make a new friend today (laughs) you know that's not in my that's not my nature so I usually meet friends through friends or work I think that's great yeah. That was a really long, I'm so sorry, response. That was, yeah. No, okay. and it makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, work, uh, friends of friends. I imagine through uh, other pursuits like acting mm-hmm. and singing and stuff, you you meet a ton yeah. of different types of people. Yeah. I just, going back to the admiring things and people, I admire, I've watched people that can walk into a room and not know anybody and they're not cowering. They have stuff to say. They can go and have chit chat. And that's just, I have to be in a very rare place to be able to do that. And I can do it, but it's not the norm for me. Mm. Mm. So Maybe I'm just crazy, but I kind of want to have, I want to meet all the creative people and just gather them together and be friends with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially if they're smarter than me, better than me, that kind of like, Mm -hmm. you are the sum of your blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at, but I'm always thinking about, Better, stronger, faster. Yeah. And this is a thing, too. That I like that you say that because then you can kind of see what's out, what's there in your community that's that maybe you wouldn't normally run into on a day-to-day basis. Right. So It, it, it puts me in a position where I have to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and podcasting helps. Like, you get to talk to some yeah. really interesting people. Yeah. 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 So if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. what's, uh, what is your dynamic with like relationships, like love? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that little face I made there. Um, love. 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 I think right now I'm in the business of learning how to love myself. So I think the relationship with myself first and foremost has now become a priority. I did that a few years ago, actually. Yeah. I didn't date anyone, didn't even think about dating yeah. anyone. People thought it was weird, but I just kind of I don't of think like it's weird. I think that's where I am right now. I think turning 30 this year played a big part. And I'm not saying it's like a magic number, but I will say in some ways it felt magical to walk into a new decade without all the angst of my 20s. Mm. It just didn't matter anymore. Um, and I think kind of owning who I am is more important because in owning who I am, I can then attract people 
that want to be around me. And that doesn't mean that I won't have relationships that end poorly. Mm. Um, but I, I would like, and I hope to be able to bring people into my circle or attract people that, uh, think the same, similarly to me, but can also challenge me. Sure. And I think in my twenties, I did a lot of the chameleon thing. And when you do that out of fear of rejection, you end up having relationships with people who have no business trying to understand you. Um, it only creates pain and relationships are hard as, as (laughs) already. And so to not be a hundred percent yourself adds to that. Right. You're at that point, you're a different person to them. Or Or you're showing them one side of you or you're showing them what you think they want to see. It's still a part of you, but you may not be, you may not feel comfortable enough to kind of say, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I run into that going back to the, what, so what do you do question where of like, I only give them, give people like one piece of Mm -hmm. what I do. And maybe that piece is not interesting to them or maybe it is, but there's a ton, there's an, like an iceberg, if you will, an avenue of other things that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I'm torn whether or not that one piece is, uh, I don't know if healthy is the right word, but good to present initially. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can, I, I wrestle with that as well. Um, but I'm finding more and more that the people that need to be in your life are going to stick around to Mm. evolve with you. And the people that are uncomfortable by that haven't evolved and they are not aware Mm. of themselves. So for me, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's good. You know, I, the people who are like, yeah, being human is not just one thing. We're constantly changing, you know, it's different sides and different seasons and yeah, it can be scary and it can be painful. And we understand that it happens. Whereas there are more maybe people who are just not open to that, or maybe they don't even know. And so they can't understand it. And then going back to relationships, um, being able to be your whole self to someone is the goal. Mm-hmm. I imagine. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how it is with me. Like being able to be your complete hundred percent self, mm-hmm. um, with somebody. Yes. Um, that is the goal. And also, and then not only being okay with that, but really like, you know, falling in love with that. Yeah. The well, good and the bad. my thing right now is I don't know that people know how to love myself mm. included. And so I think it's not something we're typically taught. Right. You know, right. And so that's a huge learning curve in itself. So if I can try to show myself compassion and acceptance in a radical way, my hope is that the person that comes into my life that might be interested in me can practice that Mm. or at least be open to learning and fumbling around with that as well. Sure. It's not anything to like, you can't like, well, I know how to love now. Check. (laughs) That's not how it works. However, I think you can't, you can't give to someone what you don't have already for yourself. Mm, That's great. So, Mm. uh, one final big question. I I like to like hit on these things that Mm -hmm. like most people don't talk about. And Mm -hmm. this, this one is like uh, religion. What's so what's your dynamic with religion? What's your thoughts on? Yeah. Um, so I would identify as a Christian, um, that I think it's an ongoing journey for me Mm. because, um, I have a lot of thoughts. This could take a while, so I'm going to try and keep it concise. I think in a nutshell, 
the way in which most folks have been taught to interact with religion, in my opinion, mm-hmm. has been to be really uh, committed to doctrine um, and less about the relationship piece. And I'm not saying that doctrine isn't important. I just, I don't know enough to get into all of that. And frankly, it overwhelms me. Um, so c- somebody coming from the outside, what does is, what is doctrine mean yeah. to you? Doctrine, I guess... Um, essentially like the Bible, right? Yeah, the or, Bible or, or even just like the teachings of a denomination. Sure. Like growing up for me as a Seventh-day Adventist, my experience, I'm not saying this is everyone's experience, but my experience was very much these are the rules and we do them. Okay, well, why do we do them? Mm-hmm. We do them. Okay, but why? <laughs> we just do. Just eat your broccoli. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I found that in my journey... Um, having been agnostic for five, having been raised in a religious Christian home, being agnostic for five years and then coming back into the faith, um, I have found peace in discovering it for myself, mm-hmm. having a personal relationship and also recognizing that this is a journey and that I have to surrender to it every day. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't, I try really hard to, um, be open to different types of thoughts around this. I don't feel good about debating about little nitty gritty theological things, because that's not my expertise and I can't speak to that. But I do know that um, focusing on how I'm treating people is really important. And also, yeah, following... This is really, you know, you and these questions, because now I'm like thinking through. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> yeah, thinking through. I'm, I'm in the same boat of like, uh, it's about the relationships, yeah. about the community. And I don't know um, my opinion as well. Uh, I don't know if that is the main focus with for most churches. Yeah. Because you, you, you get into situations where... Um, if you if you know anything about Jesus, like he didn't just hang out with uh, people like him, he hung mm-hmm. out with tax collectors mm-hmm. and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So, and in many ways, he was kind of an outcast. He yeah. didn't hang out with people like him, which would have been, I guess, the Pharisees or whatever religious leaders at the time. So right. Um, so to to be in a situation where you're only hanging out with people inside your Mm -hmm. circle Mm -hmm. i don't think is good um but that's just you know that's my opinion but Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at um Mm -hmm. and i think that's why most people who see they look at uh churches and they they're immediately disinterested Mm -hmm. um, because there's the relationship is not there for Mm -hmm. anyone Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm. I would agree. Um, and, and I think you said it really well. Like, it's about relationships. It's about community. And you can't, even with, I'm going to go in a different way here, but even in thinking about politics, and we can't solve anything until we do start doing life together authentically. We can't have hard conversations. You can't speak into my life. I can't speak into your life if we're not living alongside each other because the day-to-day is what makes you human and makes me understand a little bit more. I may not be able to understand fully, 
but to understand where you're coming from and to show more compassion than judgment. And I think that's what people are afraid of. At least it was for me having left, I guess the church for a while was there's, I just didn't feel understood. There wasn't space to have questions. There wasn't space to flounder for a bit. And I think, um, while there is structure that's needed, I think within churches, I get the rationale behind that. I think there needs to be room for inclusion for people who kind of don't fit the mold. Sure. Yeah. And I think, um, being open to having uh, compassion and respect for people who have different views than you is my goal anyway uh, mm-hmm. on how to live. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, you're creating space for people to be themselves. Um, and and that comes with day in, like I said, day in and day out, just getting to know people, having relationships. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, let's do a few uh, small questions okay. and we can wrap up. But uh, do, you, do you like to read? You know, like is a strong word. I can. Do you read? <laughs> I do, I do read. <laughs> Are there any impactful books that you've read recently? or? Yes. Um, so because of my line of work, Brene Brown. Yes. I haven't actually read of any, any of her stuff, but it's in my high up on my to-do list. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, uh, what's her, she has a new one that's out recently. Yes. I actually don't remember. I something wilderness wilderness or braving the wilderness. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. She's a good one. Mm. Yeah. So what, what have you read from her? So I have read the gift of imperfections. I have Mm -hmm. read daring greatly. Um, and I started reading the book after Daring Greatly. I cannot remember. What kind of music do you listen to? Like genre or do you want specifics? I can't remember specifics, but All I can pull things. out my Spotify. I love finding new music. <laughs> my Spotify, I just, I enjoy a lot of different types of music, but it'll typically be some type of folk, depending on the mood that I'm in. Um, okay, folk. Yeah. Um, R&B, soul alternative rock i mean any particular bands mm-hmm. like i said bad memory so i just have to pull <laughs> it up here so feist is one of my favorites feist, feist has been yeah. a long time favorite um the wild reads i haven't listened to the wild Reads. oh so good sufyan of course grizzly bear andrew bird yeah, I could go on and on, but I listen to a lot. The Shivers. Um, oh, yeah. Shivers. Oh, yeah. Dawes. Dawes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, you got to throw in some Kanye in there. So <laughs> some days you're just in a Kanye mood. And you just have to do it. So I'm more of a uh, Gambino person ah. or Logic, but okay. yeah. Kanye's good. Yeah. Uh, Chance the Rapper has made it up the list for me. Oh, yeah. Um, his, his album is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Damn. What songs do you sing when you're alone? I, I don't know about you, but I, I being musically inclined, I, I tend to get songs stuck in my head constantly, and I have something running in the background. So does that, does that happen to you? Or? It happens occasionally yeah. for me. Um, and when it is, it's usually like a catchy song like right now the wild reads blind and brave has been something i've been i'm trying to think there's another one of their songs that i have been belting out in the car (laughs) embarrassingly loud and i'm sure people driving are like 
what is wrong with this girl? I think it's called The City okay. from The Wild Reads. That one I've been... Basically their entire Blind and Brave album. I'm usually belting a song out from that. Do you like uh, City and Color? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I recently started listening to, is it My Morning Jacket? Yeah. That's I, Gabriella's favorite band. Actually. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. So they've been kind of cool. Um, every once in a while, I might listen to Slightly Stupid. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't know. It's a mood. It's a vibe. So. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Any uh, podcasts you listen to or documentaries? Not lately. Documentaries, yes. I've been watching a lot of surfing documentaries Ooh, recently. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So Surfwise was the one that I watched on Netflix recently. That was just fascinating. I seen it. Oh, it's so fascinating to me anyway, just because of. Have you surfed before? I have once when I was sixteen, and I plan on that's on my list of things for a year of yes to pursue. I've so. I've done it before. It's. I love doing it. Um, just living nowhere near the ocean kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. is a detriment to that, but yep. it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I almost destroyed myself when I did it that f- the first time. I uh, was just learning, got on the board, was doing pretty well, fell off like, like yeah. you do, mm-hmm. and the board caught in the waves and then came back at me oh, and like no. hit me right in the <gasps> neck. So. Oh, no. Where was this? <laughs> um I can't remember somewhere either like Gulf Shores or Florida or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun mm-hmm. stuff. It really is fun. Though. It is. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a nice rush too. Once you finally stand up. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there was, uh, any skills that you could immediately master, what would, what would you pick? Maybe like three, five. So many. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Immediate and wh- skills. Like why those skills? Yeah. Immediate skills. I would want to learn how to play the fiddle really well because I would just want to jump into like a bluegrass band and be able to like keep time and like, you know, that whole style. I just, I really enjoy that. Um, I would, a skill, a skill. I would like to be able to um, come up with jokes on the fly. Ooh, yeah. And that's a good one. Yeah. Um, just because I think that's something maybe I would want to do at some point is, you know, do stand up, but I'm working on that. Um, and another skill I would like to have is to be really athletic, not because I'm like wanting to play basketball or anything like that, but just to be able to jump on a dirt bike and be able to like handle it well, or like, <laughs> <laughs> or like go snowboarding. I've, I've yeah. gone a couple times and loved it, but like not like totally fumble and be able to, that's good. Yeah. So I wouldn't have to go through the whole process of working hard at it. (laughs) (laughs) Dirt biking, surfing. Surfing Yeah. 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 I could just do anything and it wouldn't, I wouldn't have to think about it (laughs) or start from scratch. (laughs) Uh, what's, what's one thing you, you, um, have liked about this year and maybe one thing you want to improve next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I've liked about this year is, getting to know myself um with with limited distractions like being single you know being 30 and not being in college that kind of thing I just feel like I don't have a lot of there are distractions everywhere you go but they're not as pressing I think and so I Mm -hmm. feel like I can really focus on myself I've really enjoyed that this year Oh, that's good. Any, anything you want to improve next year? Improve. I want to improve on building more compassion towards other uh, others and also finding ways to help others outside of my job. How do you, how do you build compassion with somebody? 
I think taking time, making time to get to know them, mm. um, less surface stuff, more yeah. intentional. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'd like to practice that. Mm. Um, the only other question I have is like, d- was there something you wish I had asked? <laughs> no, I feel like you just had all the questions prepared. <laughs> <laughs> they were so good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the Renaissance. Um, yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug or... No, um, not really. Um, everyone be mindful and don't feel scared if you feel like you might want to try therapy or, you know, either just to clear the cobwebs or if you really feel like you're struggling with something, like don't shy away from that. Um, do your research. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, do your research and know that it takes time to find a good fit. But once you do, you know, it'll, it will be beneficial. Here's, here's one last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is there a question that you can think of that's a good self-reflecting question that people could ask themselves? Yes. Self-reflecting. Um, what purpose is this serving me? I think whether what I'm saying, to what I just said to you, what I just put in my body, what is the purpose? Why am I doing this? Because behavior, our behaviors give us information about what's really going on. I love it. Thanks, Ludine, for being on. Thanks for having me. Table beat of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) Not a skill that I have. Not a skill.